everyone. Welcome to another episode of I Don't Finish the Drama, I Start It. As always, I'm your host, Nini. If you're new to the show, the previous episode featured a recap and review of episode one of the TVing Amazon Prime drama, Island. I highly suggest you go check that episode out, even if I might be a little biased. You can also stay up to date on all things I Don't Finish the Drama, I Start It by following us on Twitter and Instagram at IDFTD underscore podcast. There, you'll find countdowns to our next episode and previews of future episode topics. In this episode, I'll be recapping and reviewing episodes 2 through 4 of Island, so buckle up. And of course, a warning like usual, spoilers ahead. I'd like to start out with a little aside on Vaughn's name because I literally can't stop thinking about it. For those of you who don't know, a really common order of fried chicken in South Korea is the order of half spicy and half soy garlic, otherwise known as bonbon or half and half. Now, bon in Korean is pronounced as ban or ban, just like an order of half and half fried chicken. In my opinion, the author gave him that name because he's half human, half demon. And if that's really the case, then I salute him. With that finally off my chest, let's get into last week's episodes. We begin by learning a little more about Vaughn's backstory. Turns out a long, 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 long time ago, Vaughn was the lone survivor of a demon attack on his village. Rescued by a sect of Buddhist monks, he was turned into a half-demon and forced to hunt down and kill other demons. And as fate would have it, Wamiho was also there too. However, at this time, she is known as Wanjong. Episode 2 starts with a flashback involving Van, Wanjong, Gong Tan, another half-demon kid, and the leader of this Buddhist sect, Dongyong. Wanjong tries to free Van and Gong Tan from Dongyong's control, but this doesn't go as planned and Van accidentally attacks Wanjong, causing him to have to return for help. In present day, we pick up right where we left off in episode 1, with Wan Miho being attacked by a lust demon. This time, the demon after her is her newly transformed secretary, who if you remember from episode 1, betrayed her and colluded with her aunt to get her sent to Jeju. After again being saved by Vaughn, he talks to her this time, progress. He tells her that even if she leaves Jeju, the demons will just keep following her, which is very disheartening. We also see that a few hours before Wamiho's attack, Chaeunu's character, who I'll refer to as Johan from this point on, has finally arrived in Jeju, which means more screen time for him. Johan meets Butler Jong, who we learn is also a priest, or a former one at least, who is also in charge of protecting Wanmiho. Butler Jong is obviously shocked by his young age and stunning looks and basically fangirls over Johan, bringing up all of his most popular exorcisms from over the years. Johan, our humble king, shakes off the praises and begins to talk with Butler Jong about the prophecy. Basically, we learn that when Vaughn killed Wan Miho the first time around and prevented her from saving the world, she was reincarnated so that she could be successful the second time. They decide to tell Wan Miho that Johan is Butler Jong's nephew to avoid any suspicion. Also, for any of you learning Korean out there, Johan credits his love of K-pop and K-drama for helping him learn Korean so well after moving overseas at the age of like 10. And despite this being a fictional TV show, I believe it. So next time anyone complains about you watching a K-drama or listening to K-pop, just tell them you're studying. Now back to Wan Miho. After being explicitly told that it was no use trying to leave Jeju, she tries to do exactly that. When attempting to book a ticket for a flight back to Seoul, she is held up by the ticket agent who then has her whisked away by the police, seemingly because she's been put on a no-fly list, whether by Butler Jong or her father, we don't know. While being held by the police, a demonic police officer barges into the office and of course, tries to kill her. 
Wamiho does an excellent job of trying to flee, really. She escapes the airport, steals a car, and makes it pretty far down the highway before she crashes said car. I was honestly impressed. Nevertheless, with the demon still hot on her tail, she runs into, you guessed it, the spooky forest. And you guessed it, she gets saved by Vaughn again. He does a pretty good job of showing off this time, and after defeating the demon in her honor, once again tells her that no matter where she goes, demons will always be coming after her. That is her destiny. We also see him take the rock, or what I assume is the core of the demon after destroying it. It looks like a lava rock to me, to be honest, but he takes one after each killing and seals them into these stone towers that he's building. There's a lot of them, and Johan is also looking for these towers for some reason. We then get introduced to Buyeomji, a student at Tamara High School who will factor in heavily in episode 3. She seems pretty standoffish at first with both Wanmiho and Vaughn, who is very close to her grandmother, who has gone through all of these lifetimes with both Vaughn and Wanmiho and is very well versed on their drama. After being attacked by your secretary and facing her third demon in what I can only assume is as many days or less, Wamiho understandably has trouble sleeping. Vaughn suddenly appears at her house after killing another lust demon in the area and pointing that fact out to Wanmiho and tells her that she should just live the rest of her life in hiding to avoid these demons. She gives a really passionate and persuasive speech about how the demons could just turn the people close to her, like with her secretary, and that hiding would be of no use and wonders if it really is better to just die since she wouldn't really be living any kind of life at all. She then works on convincing Vaughn to become her bodyguard and tries to persuade him with money by telling him he can write any amount of payment he wants on the contract. After refusing to sign the contract, Vaughn agrees to stay with Wanmiho until she falls asleep. When Wanmiho wakes up, the contract is signed but the payment box remains blank. We close out episode 2 with Vaughn having a flashback to becoming possessed by a lust demon and killing Wanzhong. He then questions whether or not Wanmiho not remembering him is payback for killing her, and if he should feel upset by that fact, which, not fair to Wanmiho, he killed her after all. Episode 3 kicks off with the legend of Ben Julie, a spirit that supposedly gets seeked out by weak humans who need some strength. Buyeomji sees Ben Julie as a higher power to turn to when adults aren't of help. Meanwhile, Wanmiho introduces Vaughn to Butler Jong, which is awkward to say the least. Butler Jong obviously knows who Vaughn is and tries really hard not to give anything away while Vaughn remains his stoic, unspeaking self. Also, we find out that Vaughn can't drive, which isn't really that surprising given the circumstances, but Wan Miho isn't too pleased about having to drive the two of them everywhere since he's now her hired bodyguard. Wan Miho goes to her first ever class and gets bombarded with Cheball questions while trying to take attendance. While attempting to settle the class down and discipline them, Buyeomji very blatantly gets up to skip class. She goes to her friend Isuyeon's house, who we find trembling in fear in her bedroom, too afraid to leave the house. Isuyeon is badly beaten and bruised, which we learn is all thanks to the hands of her abusive boyfriend Gyeongjun. Turns out Gyeongjun really is not that great of a guy, if the abuse didn't make that obvious enough. Through a flashback, we learn that Isuyeon was beaten by Gyeongju while out at karaoke. She tries to record Gyeongjun talking about how he beat up another man on her phone, seemingly to use his leverage to break up with him, but gets caught and beaten herself. From that moment on, Gyeongjun resorts to stalking Lee Soyeon and sending her explicit photos of herself to trap her into the relationship with nowhere to turn. Buyeomji, whose urgent pleas for Lee Soyeon to go to the police falls on deaf ears, ends up turning to Wan Miho. Buyeomji's reasoning for this is that because of Wan Miho's powerful status as a chaebol, 
She would have the ability to make anyone disappear. However, Wamiho dismisses her, telling Buyeomji to head to the police instead, despite there being no concrete evidence of any abuse occurring. Back home, Wanmiho tells Butler Jong to set up Vaughn in a permanent room, and he does, in what appears to be the creepiest room in the house, whether on purpose by Butler Jong or not is anyone's guess. Vaughn confronts Butler Jong about being the young priest who previously tried to protect Wanmiho and ended up having to be saved by Vaughn. Vaughn tells Butler Jong to stop pretending as if they don't know each other, and Butler Jong tells Vaughn that he's putting his trust in Devon after talking to the grandmother Baekju and coming to the realization that really, no one besides Vaughn would have the ability to kill these demons. Vaughn, despite seemingly having a soft spot for Wan Miho, tells Butler Jong that he still trusts people too easily. Wan Miho and Johan finally get introduced to one another, and after some extremely flattering words from Johan, she decides to break out the good wine, and I would too. They get drunk together, I think. Wamiho definitely gets drunk. Whether or not Johan does, or if he's just pretending, I still don't know. The next morning, an extremely hungover Wamiho is shocked to find Johan all decked out in his priest attire, praying beside his bed. She then realizes that he really is a priest, and when he said that he gives and receives a lot of love from God the previous night, he meant it. The two head off to the high school with Vaughn, with Johan telling Wanmiho he's just looking for excitement, but in reality, he's trying to keep an eye on Vaughn. On the way, Vaughn makes Wanmiho abruptly stop the car and disappears off into the woods. Vaughn heads to one of his stone towers that has seemingly collapsed and is now basically just a giant pit with gross demon slugs coming out of it. With just Johan and Wanmiho in the car, they finally reach the high school and first run into Hansu Jin. Hansu Jin is taken aback by Yohan's good looks, and obviously, her next course of action is to tell him how handsome he is. He says that he hears that a lot, shocker, and after skirting past Hansu Jin and her flirty words, Wamiho quite literally almost runs Bu Yamji over. And this brings us back to Isuryun. Now, Isuryun is extremely upset due to the abuse from her boyfriend, and with nowhere to turn, decides to ask Ben Julie for help. Wamiho and Yohan head to her house to check on her and find things in complete disarray. He and a visibly terrified Wan Miho head upstairs, and at this point, Johan decides to have a little fun with Wan Miho and yells boo to scare her, which I absolutely love. Best part of the episode only behind all of Johan's scenes of being praised, really. When they get to her room to check on her, she is seemingly possessed and Johan prepares to do another one of his awesome exorcisms. I totally thought that this would be easy peasy given his history and he would come off all cool and impressive towards Wan Miho. But it doesn't quite go like that. The episode closes out with the appearance of a bunch more of those gross demon slugs in her bedroom, the demon saying, I got you, and the room fading away with all of them in it, and Wamiho and Johan ending up in the forest. Vaughn, turning away to leave at that moment, hears his name being called by a seemingly familiar figure. Gungtan, maybe? Yes, it's Gongtan. We're finally getting the reveal of the mastermind that's behind all this that I so desperately wanted since episode 1. Or at least, we're getting it through Vaughn's imagination. While he is hallucinating, Wanmiho and Johan are in the process of getting attacked by a tree-like creature that is actually Isuryan possessed by the tainted spirit of Benjali. Isuryan is out for revenge, and while Johan tries to protect Wanmiho from the creature's attacks, the two end up getting wrapped up in its root... arms? Vaughn appears seemingly out of nowhere and uses his impressive knife thingy to cut away Wanmiho and save her, but leaves Johan in the process of being strangled to death. 
While Johan is dying and trying to get Vaughn and Wamiho's attention, Wamiho begs for Vaughn to save Isuyan, and when he refuses, the two continue to bicker with Wamiho repeatedly calling Vaughn a coward. Johan, who like I said is currently being strangled, doesn't really think it's a good time for the two of them to be fighting. His pleas for help and for them to stop arguing while he's dying really had me on the floor. It was probably the best scene from the show so far from obviously the best character. Eventually, without resolving the fight, Vaughn cuts Johan down but the creature ends up returning. Vaughn and Johan band together to fight it, sort of. They both start out really well but the two of them end up getting trapped by the vines and the creature grabs a hold of Wamiho. She sees Isuryan wrapped up in the middle of the creature and learns from Isuryan that she surrendered her body to the spirit of Benjali in order to get revenge on her boyfriend. At this time, Vaughn goes all demony and breaks out of the vines to help Wamiho. She promises Isuryan that she will seek revenge on her behalf and as Isuryan decides to give up the help from Benjali, the creature clutches her more tightly in an attempt to kill her. A bright golden light flashes from Wamiho and she wakes up on the ground in Vaughn's arms. As Johan tends to an unconscious Isuryan, Vaughn uses his blood to create a portal and send them back to Isuryan's bedroom. When Johan turns to check on Wanmiho, she states that she's not okay and promptly passes out, again falling into Vaughn's arms. Wanmiho wakes up in a hospital bed with Vaughn next to her, but also like a few feet away. While she was unconscious, Vaughn reached out to touch her face, but realized she was waking up and immediately flew back a couple of feet to the nearest wall to not be caught. Wamiho asks Vaughn about the Benjali spirit and Vaughn explains that Benjali was never malicious in the past and that a lust demon must have corrupted the spirit in an attempt to get to her. Wamiho asks Vaughn if what Isuyan went through was essentially her fault and when Vaughn replies yes, she angrily tells him that he should have said no to make her feel better and jumps out of bed to check on Isuyan who is currently in a coma. As Wanmiho sits outside of Isuyan's hospital room, Yohan greets her and she forces Yohan to come clean about who he truly is. Yohan tells her that he is a priest from Italy who is here to investigate what is happening to her. When Wanmiho expresses her worries about all the things going on around her, he is much more soothing than Vaughn and tells her that he doesn't think everything has necessarily been bad and reassures her. Meanwhile, Vaughn is eating at Grandma Baekju's house and Baekju expresses her desire to meet Wanmiho and her worries about Vaughn being used by the demon. However, he gives his reassurance that nothing bad will happen, foreshadowing future events. Back at Wanmiho's house, she orders Butler Zhang to look into Gyeongjun in order to get revenge for Suyeon. Yoan is talking to the head priest from episode 1 back in Italy and tells him that Wanjung's spirit was awakened for a brief moment. The priest tells him that he needs to be wary of Vaughn, despite him using his powers to protect her, and that he must continue on his quest to awaken the powers inside of her. Yoan decides that the easiest way to do that would be to trigger Vaughn. The two briefly meet outside the house and Yon eggs Vaughn on by asking him how it felt to meet Wanjong again and then how it felt to meet someone he killed again when he doesn't answer any of his questions. Vaughn threatens to kill Johan, but Yon says that he's a little busy and they should meet again at another time and disappears. After doing a ton of digging around, Butler Jong tells Wan Mihao that Yusuyan is not Gyeongjun's only victim. Gyeongjun used an application that would immediately delete his text so that no trail was left behind when sending threatening messages and explicit photos to his victim, and because of his status as the son of an influential person in Jeju, it would be hard to expose him. Wamiho decides that the only option is to buy the company the application that Gyeongjun uses, which conveniently is having money issues, so that she can expose the records. Wanmiho makes a deal with her aunt to not interfere with her aunt's business and her aunt becomes the CEO of the company. 
With her plan successful, Wan Mihao ends up getting Gyeongjun behind bars for three years. But she is rightfully so not happy with this outcome and feels like he should serve a longer sentence. When she finds out that Gyeongjun would be meeting Isuyeon at the hospital to apologize, she heads there immediately. She runs into Gyeongjun outside of her hospital room, and Gyeongjun puts on this act of being all remorseful and pitiful before laughing it off and telling Won Miho that people with the power and status that they do should not be concerned with the lowly lives of others. Won Miho holds her designer bag up to Gyeongjun's face and tells him he should hold it well since it's expensive before punching him. Later in the day, Boo Yumji finds Wan Miho in her office and thanks her for her help but tells her he should have gotten a harsher sentence. Wan Miho agrees with her but tells her that this is all they can do within the extent of the law. However, Wan Miho tells Boo Yumji that a higher power, whether that be God or Buddha or whoever, at least one of them would have to be doing their job and would punish him correctly, another foreshadow. Von heads to his destroyed stone tower turned demon pit and asks Benjali for help on Isu Yun's behalf. When Gyeongjun returns home after being hit by Wan Miho and vowing to take action and release Isu Yun's photos, he is taken care of by the same tree like creature that had possessed Isu Yun previously. That night, Wan Miho, excited to tell Von about the news of Gyeongjun's death, brushes past Johan and his offering of shrimp croquettes that he bought to share. After not getting much information out of Vaughn and forcing a cell phone on him while telling him to answer every single one of her calls, Wamiho gets upset by Vaughn's lack of response and heads back inside to eat Johan's shrimp croquettes. Johan, doing a really terrible job of hiding from Vaughn, gets called out by him, much to his shock of being discovered, and when he once again asks Vaughn about killing Wanjong, the two decide to fight. But first, Johan needs to stretch. Always an opportunist, Yoan tells Vaughn that warming up the body is super important, especially on cold nights. And after stretching for a hot second, literally, he pulls out his sword. The two get into it in a once again very well scored fight scene and Yohan leads Vaughn to the basement of Wan Miho's house. Yohan sets up a couple of traps for Vaughn and eventually gets him tied up. While trying to exercise the demon within him, Vaughn uses his powers to fight back and Wan Miho uses that perfect time to enter the room. She was on her way to share the shrimp coquettes with Vaughn, despite them being from Johan, and noticed their broken glass and went to investigate. Now that's the start of true love. Or maybe it is, because with Vaughn turned into a demon, he ends up going after Wan Miho. The episode ends with a visual of his knife piercing through what appears to be the light inside of Wanjong and with blood splattering up on Wan Miho's face. We also see a flashback of this same scene occurring all those years ago. Talk about a cliffhanger. All I can say is that I'm glad Johan is finally in Jeju. He needed this, I needed this, we all needed this. He's getting the really awesome fight scenes that he deserves, and I'm really enjoying Cha Eunu's acting skills here. Johan is, despite being a priest, flirty, cocky, confident, and really good at fighting. I do really think he's the best character in the show because you never quite know what side of him you're going to get and it's a really fun ride to be on. Once again, I'd like to give my praise to the production team for another immaculately scored episode. More scenes of Vaughn and Johan fighting the lust demons and each other means more well-timed heavy rock music to really get the pulse racing. And also, I still do not have any issues with the quality of the CGI. Overall, I'm still insanely invested into the show, and I'm sure it goes without saying, but I'm also still insanely invested and extremely confident Priest Johan. 
Obviously, there's no way Vaughn could have killed Wan Miho. There's still two episodes and a second season to get through after all. The cliffhangers are doing a really good job at keeping me desperately waiting for the next episode, and I can't wait to see how we kick things off in episode 5. The two-week waiting period between seasons will be really hard, but I'm sure I'll manage somehow. And a tip, definitely watch the show in a dark room. The light from windows absolutely drove me crazy the entire time. The darkness of the scenes really adds to the dramatic effect of everything going on, and I feel like I missed out a little by watching the show during the day. It will definitely become a nighttime watch for me from here on out. Until next time, this has been I Don't Finish the Drama, I Start It. Have a great week.